Tonight's scripture is Ephesians 5, 1 through 3. Ephesians 5, 1 through 3. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. You may be seated. Good evening. Thank you. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Brothers and sisters, we are gathered here this evening to depart the holy and divine word of God. This evening I want to talk about what is it that you love or admire about Jesus? You know, they say imitation is the sincerest form of praise. So I want you to think with me for a little bit. What is it that you admire or what is it that you love about Christ? And write that down. What attributes, what characteristics do you want to implement in your life so that you can be more and more like Christ? See, the purpose of this exercise is to be imitators of God. You may have one attribute that you admire about Christ. It may be how he loved others or how he was humble, how he exercised a submissiveness, if you will. But let me share with you what I love about our king. I love how he was about his father's affairs. You know, the Bible tells us in Luke chapter two and verse number 49 that Jesus was about his father's business. Well, how do we know this? Well, because Jesus never stopped preaching. He never stopped teaching. He never stopped sharing the gospel of God. You know, in John chapter 10, turn over with me to John chapter 10 for me, if you will. John chapter 10, verse number 31. In the context here, Jesus is exerting his deity amongst the, the Jews And they picked up stones, starting in verse number 31, and they they wanted to stone Christ. Well, the Bible tells us, if you continue to read a little further in verse number 40, that he went beyond the Jordan to another place. And then if you look at chapter 11, he went back because he had to raise Lazarus from the dead so that he could glorify the Father, if you will. Well, if you notice here, Jesus was not afraid to go back. And the point that I'm trying to get here to uh, get stress here this this evening is Jesus never allowed the world nor the opposing views about him to stop him from being about his father's business. Now, what is the father's business? If you ask assembling with the church. That's the father's business as we gather amongst each other. You see, but oftentimes in life, we come up with every excuse in the book why we can't assemble with the church. You know, one preacher said, instead of coming up with excuses, how about we come up with some great excuses for why we should be here with the church? 
You see, another thing that I want to stress here is is football, certain activities, if you will, that can keep us away from the church. Friends and family members. Another thing that we want to consider is, is God's business is evangelism. Sharing the word of God. I appreciate the prayer by Brother Wooster here. Sharing the word of God. That is taking care of the father's business and serving one another. You see too much TV, too much social media, too much of anything, if you will, that stands in the way of taking care of the father's business is not allowed. You see, Christ never allowed anything to stand in his way of taking care of God's business. God's business came first. In our lives, God's business must come first. Everything else comes after. You see, if we want to be more and more like Christ, we have to develop that type of mentality of I am going to be about my father's business no matter what. Therefore, we can't give any excuse because our Savior didn't give any excuses. Another thing that I love about our Savior, about our King, is his compassion. His compassion for the sick, the lame, and the lost. The Latin root word for compassion is patai, which means to suffer. The prefix come means with. So in other words, my friends, compassion means to suffer with. Folks, Jesus had a compassionate eye for the sick, did he not? He had a compassionate eye for those who were lost, did he not? He had a compassionate eye for the lame. And it was his compassion and his love that led him to the cross. You know, I'm reminded of a passage in Luke chapter 19 and verse number 10 where the Bible says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. You know, in Matthew chapter 14, starting in verses 13 through 14, the compassionate Savior saw a large crowd, the Bible tells us. And it says he felt compassion. That word compassion in the Greek is a verb. He felt compassion. Therefore, he healed the sick. He moved. He acted when he, when he felt compassion. You know, he felt compassion for them, the Bible tells us, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began to teach them. Mark 6, verse number 34. You know, Matthew said the same thing in Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to 38. Turn over to Matthew chapter 9 for me, if you will. Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Folks, we have to start developing 
a eye for the sick, for the lost and the lame. There are people out there dying in sin. And who else is it going to take? We are the only ones in the church that can help the sick see Jesus. Am I right? We have to develop a compassionate eye for those who are lost in this world. We must strive to have the same type of emotion that Christ had. You know, we say we love God. We say we love people, am I right? Don't we say we love people? Then let's lead the lost. Let's lead the sick to Christ. You see, true compassion will change the way you live. True compassion will change the way you live. It will change the way you see other people. My friends, it will cause you to move. So will you move when you see the lost? Will you move when you see the lame and the sick? Because our Savior did. And aren't we called to strive to be more like Christ? Aren't we called in Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 1, to be imitators of God as beloved children? Let me share with us uh, that I love about our king. You see, our king, I, I love his prayer life. Have you ever looked at the Gospels and, 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 and went through the Gospels and noticed the accounts of Jesus praying? Well, you know, when I look at the Gospel, I, I notice how Jesus made time for prayer. And we sometimes think we are too busy to, to, to pray and communicate with our God. When our Father was in constant communication with the Son. Many of you out there uh, have, have children. How would you feel if, if, if your child went years without speaking to you? How would that make you feel? You see, that's how the father feels when we don't communicate with him. When we go time after time not communicating and going to the father in prayer. You see, there was no one that's busier than Jesus. He was healing the sick, the lame, saving the lost. Folks, we should make time to pray to God. We see him going off by himself to pray in Matthew chapter 14 and verse number 23. Turn to Matthew chapter 14 for me, if you will. Matthew chapter 14 and verse number 23 tells us. And he had sent the crowds away and he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. We also see the same thing in, in, in Mark 1, verse number 35, in Luke 9, 18. We also see Jesus going off by himself in Luke 22, verses 39 through 41. We see him in public praying in John chapter 
11 in verses 41 through 42. We see him praying in public in John chapter 12, verses 27 through 30. You know, he even prayed for himself and his disciples and all believers just before heading to Gethsemane in John chapter 17, verses 1 through 26. And he even prayed before making important decisions in his life. My point is, folks, Jesus was always in constant prayer. And that's one thing that I admire about our king. It's how he always made time to go to our father. As I survey Jesus's prayer life, you know, I realized that his example answers one important question. Does it matter? Does prayer matter? Yes. When doubt creeps in, let me tell you, prayer matters, does it not? When we are battling with temptation, prayer matters, does it not? When, when, when we are going through hardships in life, prayer matters. It mattered to our Lord. Therefore, it should matter to us. Why? Because we are striving to be more like Jesus. Am I right? Every single day when we get up in the morning, we should have the mentality that I want to be like Christ. You know, growing up as a kid, I wanted to be like Mike. I wanted to play basketball like Michael Jordan. I wanted to play basketball like Kobe Bryant. You know, society today, everyone wants to be like somebody, but not too many people want to be like Christ. Folks, let me tell you, we have to start being more like Jesus Christ as Christians, as beloved children in this world. Why? Because people are watching you. Are they not? People at your jobs are watching you. Your family members are watching you. Your friends are watching you. People are watching you. So as you go into the new year, make, let that be your goal to be more like Jesus. Forget about what society says. Forget about what our culture has to say. Our main goal in life is to be like Christ. Period. You know, if prayer was good enough for Jesus, you better believe it's good enough for me. If prayer gave our Lord both guidance, if prayer gave our Lord energy and strength to move in life, you better believe it's going to give me the same strength and guidance to move in life as well. That's why I admire our Lord and his prayer life. Another thing that I admire about our Lord is is this, and I, and I thought about this on our, on, our, on our way here to church, is that he always practiced what he preached. He always practiced what he preached. He talked about persecution. He talked about suffering. Where do we see him? In the, in the garden, praying. Father, not thy will, but your will be done. You see, Jesus was a man who practiced what he preached. Will we be people, will we be Christians that practice what we preach going into the year of 2019? Will we be? You see, this is why I love Jesus. Now ask yourself, why do you love him? Why do you love him? And what is it that you love about him? Write it down. Maybe you love how Jesus humbled himself and you you want to be more humble. 
in your life. Maybe you love how Jesus served others and you want to be more of a servant. Maybe you love how Jesus submitted to the Father and you want to be more submissive. Or maybe you love how Jesus loved others and you want to be more loving. Or maybe you love how Jesus uh, was holy in his conduct, therefore you want to be more holy in yours. Whatever you love about Jesus, I encourage you to go practice. Practice. That's the only way we're going to get better. That's the only way we're going to continue to keep growing, am I right? Because without practice, we'll remain stagnant. Without practice, there is no growth. If there is anyone in here this evening that is struggling with being more like Jesus, please do not hesitate to come forward for prayer. We are a family that that believes in prayer. Prayer changes things. And if you are struggling with not being like Jesus, please come forward for prayer. Maybe you're struggling with lust. Maybe you are struggling with anger, fear, doubt, worry, whatever you name it. If you are struggling at this time, please come forward for prayer. Because we want to be more like Jesus. But if you have not put on Christ in baptism, do not hesitate to do that. The water is ready. The Bible tells us in Mark chapter 16 and verse number 16, if anyone believes and is baptized, they shall be saved. If anyone wants to respond, please come forward as we stand and sing.